Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jeff, you should read the front part since people then know you're on the episode. People get really excited when you're on an episode of The Adventure Jogger. I know my handwriting's not great, but you should go ahead and read the intro so people know you're on and do it in your best voice. This. Yeah, that part right there. Okay. Yeah, here All we right. go. Here we go. All right. Here we go. People get excited when <clears throat> Jeff's on, everybody. Okay. Here it, we go. It, it. We're recording, so you're good. Now. Now. Okay. Bibis. 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 This episode of The Adventure Jogger is brought to you by Blaine Johnson, Dan Brosnack, Chris Fox, Bryce Carpenter, Russell Holcomb, Alex Pace, and all of our Patreon supporters and listeners. That's gold. Absolute gold. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger, everybody. Another episode, and we have a great guest lined up for this episode. Over 22,000 people look to him for motivation with his to the point, no bullshit videos on Instagram. He is a six-time Boston Marathon qualifier, a three-time Ironman all-world athlete from Garland, Texas. Ron Dawson is on hey, the guys. Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Ron. Hey, what's going on? Hey, I'm glad to be here. How's it going? It's going fantastic. Uh, Ron, generally people that have 22,000 followers on Instagram are good-looking 20-year-old women, not... Not, not not fifty year old triathletes from Texas. <laughs> how in the heck? Yeah, I'm just not seeing that. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, you're good looking. Don't get me wrong, but how in the heck did you become this massive Instagram sensation? You know, I think you paraphrased it perfectly. There's no bullshit. I tell it like it is. I'm not. I don't use filters. I don't use any. Uh, I don't sugarcoat anything. I tell it exactly like it is. It's hard to do this stuff. And sometimes people need a nudge, and I just tell them like it is. So. What was, was there a moment, though, Ron, because, you know, Instagram is not our thing. It's not my thing. It's not Jeff's thing. You know, was, was there a moment where, I don't know, maybe in training or something when you were like, you know what? I, got, I think I'm just going to, with the world so full of bullshit, with Instagram so full of bullshit, I'm just going to go ahead and try and do no nonsense. Let's just see how this goes. You know, in the beginning, I posted a lot of videos of my wife and I riding bikes, and I'd be running, she'd be following me. I posted uh, just a lot of everyday stuff, and I didn't get a lot of followers. But I found that when I started talking into the camera and, and looking into people's eyes and telling them really what they wanted to hear, what they're going to Instagram to find, that's when I started getting the views. And uh, the motivational stuff seems to work the best. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of times I'll be running. I won't have any idea what I'm going to talk about that night for a video. Yeah. Matter of fact, I just did one five minutes before we came on the air. You know, I just, it just came to my mind and I just, it just came out. And, and I just got through running about eight miles about 30 minutes ago. And, and I had no idea. And I, it, just, it just comes to me. You know, it's kind of weird how that works, but uh, that's how it happens. There had to have been a moment, Ron, where you're starting, you know, you're, you're logging Instagram, you know, you, you, the old videos of you and your wife and she's riding the bike and you're like, hey, what's up? And then all of a sudden you post the video of like, hey, stop being a bunch of wimps. Get out there and run, damn it. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the follows, just the numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger. Was there a moment when you were like, there has to be something wrong with Instagram. Am I reading right. these numbers correctly? Like how, how is it? it how is know, this possible? Because you, I mean, you, you always come off as just a guy from Garland, Texas, who likes to run and ride his bike. Was there a moment of like, what is going on here? 
You know, actually, I think it came about six months ago when I had a couple of haters. <laughs> and, uh, really? and they didn't believe that I was real. They, they thought I was an imposter. <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, lying about everything. And uh, I think that's when it, it sort of hit me that, you know, this is, this is real and people are really paying attention. I need to prove what I'm doing. And I think when I started proving to people that what I'm doing is real, I started uh, giving people uh, links to my Strava. Yeah. To my athletes and proof that I actually do these races and that I work out, you know, 15 hours a week. And uh, and people started buying into it. And when they saw that it was real and, and it's not a lot of BS. And, you know, let's face it, on Instagram, there's a lot of BS. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. you know, I thought that was all factual. <laughs> yeah. But, but when people saw that I was actually real. And uh, and almost sixty, not fifty, almost sixty, doing this, you know, uh, yeah, they they kind of bought into it. So, so. so at some point, you're just looking at, oh, I got some message requests. Oh, there's some, and there's some guy. There's people saying that you're not real. You're an actor playing a role for Instagram follows. Exactly. I was an imposter. That's what I was told. I was an imposter. What, what would be the point of that? <laughs> like, like, did they ever say why they thought? Like, what was what would be the purpose of you? Like, that you spent a lot of money on a nice bike just to, to get Instagram likes. Like, you, we got, yeah, you, people exactly. can't see this, but the bike behind you is not an off-the-rack bike from Walmart. That's not a Huffy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's no banana seat right. on that bike and some streamers yeah. <laughs> coming, yeah. coming off the side. That had to have been just a wild experience, too. You know, and, and when I went to Boston back in April, I did daily uh, videos from Boston and uh, talking about the, uh, the carb-loading routine and, and sort of the build-up, and I did some finish line. Actually, it was pre-finished but is at the finish line videos and stuff and had a lot of views on that and uh and people just kind of liked it you know it's uh it's real real stuff and, and you know the thing about it also is that this is something that anybody can do if they want to bad enough mm. you know and, and that's kind of it they have to want to do this a lot of people don't like to run they tell me that i hate running yeah but you know, hey, if you want to be a runner, you don't know. run. It's true. <laughs> Is that, yeah. No, it's true. And 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 we'll get to your fitness journey in a second because I'd like to hear because I I was I was watching your videos. I want to thank you first of all, Ron, because for a while Instagram only wanted to show me David Goggins, which I I like David Goggins. Yeah. But you can only yeah. take David Goggins yelling at you so much. And, <laughs> you know. And then the Instagram decided, okay, he's seen enough Goggins. We're going to show him the Liver King. Do you know who the Liver King is? I know who the Liver King. <laughs> the, that dude's awesome. The Liver King. So the Liver King is this guy, Jeff. He doesn't own a shirt. He walks around. He's got he's got shorts on. He right. just wears shorts. He I'm, does not wear shoes. I'm getting a visual. Okay, he's got a big beard, long hair. Okay, wears a ball cap, and he was. I would say he has. Is it a, Carrie Long? No, no, no it's oh, not. But okay. close. So, so I would say the Liver King has a physique that I would describe as he, he looks like a Mister Olympia type of bodybuilder. Okay, and he only eats like liver, like he eats he eats animal livers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then he 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 like lives a primal life. And those videos, I was like, oh god, this guy's this guy's doing more than just liver. And always popping up, and he'd be yelling at me, "Liver King here, come and eat your liver." You gotta have. Like, he's, he's in his organ meat, right? Exactly. I don't want to eat liver. And so Instagram then said, okay, well, obviously he's not into the Liver King. I'm going to show him nonstop Ron Dawson. And so you popped up <laughs> in my Instagram, and, and and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, this guy seems. To not be, he's not selling me anything, first of all. I noticed that, Ron, you're never like, hey, try my Ron Dawson special brand vitamins, only available now at, you know, whatever. It's just some, some, some no nonsense, no bullshit. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Ron, for, for making my Instagram feed bearable. You just haven't seen those videos yet. <laughs> I'm going to go look up this liver king guy. <laughs> look him up. So, so I wanted to ask you, before we get to your fitness journey, Ron, and I, and I want to talk to you too about, your thoughts on the modern fitness world, you know, and, and where where you can kind of give us some no-nonsense training advice and, and how people that are running that may be thinking too much about it, maybe you can bring us back down to earth just a little bit, um, Ron. But first, we have a friend of ours. Her name is, is, is Haley, and she is an Instagram influencer, wonderful person. 
we've had her on the podcast and she has gotten some really strange requests from people like people have sent her things strange things and she's gotten some really really strange creepy requests from people on instagram what is the strangest message or request that you ron dawson have got being an instagram influencer i think it was when somebody from south africa called me daddy (laughs) (laughs) oh my yeah yeah I, I think that's a popular nickname over there. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I've actually had several people from South Africa call me daddy and they think I'm a coach. I'm really not a coach. And I tried to make that, you know, kind of clear some of the videos. I mean, I, I give people tips and tricks and things like that, but I'm really not a, I'm not a certified coach or certified anything. I'm just a, and he's not your daddy. He is not your daddy. He just wants you to yeah. know <laughs> who's your daddy. Yeah. Who's your daddy? Yeah. The answer is not is not, not Ron. Ron. There's a couple of people yeah. that can say that, but you're not one of them. I would guess yeah. that your grandkids and your kids have to think it's pretty awesome that dad slash grandpa is an Instagram influencer. They have that has to be like the coolest thing in the world to them. Yeah, they uh they, they kind of think it's gone to my head. It really hasn't. No. <laughs> I'm just having fun with it. Uh, my wife just rolls her eyes. You know, it's funny. You know, my, my phone. Every time somebody follows me on Instagram or or on Strava, I get a notification on my phone. Yeah. And when I'm in bed, when I'm in bed at nighttime, you know, you get a notification. Your phone lights up. And so my phone's like a Christmas tree at nighttime. Going <laughs> it's, off. it's like a disco in there at night. <laughs> <laughs> and, after, and she'll roll over she's like turn that phone upside down on the nightstand you know so you can't see it but uh my grandkids are actually smaller i have twins that are four and then i have a six-year-old mm-hmm. so I have three grandsons they, they don't even know yet but, they will uh, at some my point. kids yeah my kids they they, they think it's pretty cool <laughs> so. by the way when we go running together jeff's phone blows up but it's not likes on Instagram. Right. It's matches from Silver, Silver Singles. Singles. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, another date. Oh, another hold on, date. hold on. I got to take oh, a break another here. Another date. All right. Yeah. So, Ron, what is your fitness journey? And I remember you saying in a video, you've only been in this in this real hardcore fitness game for about eight years, if, if I was right. reading that correctly. What was Ron Dawson before he discovered... Uh, the sports that he loves so much, what got you into it and, and kind of give us your journey? You know, when I was young, starting at about 10 years old, I started racing motorcycles, I raced motocross mm-hmm. and did that for about 10 years and, and almost went pro until I got married. And that kind of, <laughs> everything stopped. <laughs> yeah, kids. I can relate. I... Yeah. And, and then we had kids and, uh, and really from about 25 until... 50 about 25 years i didn't do much you know i gained a lot of weight uh like everybody else you go home after work you sit down you pop a top and uh you know drink a beer and watch tv and fall asleep you know and that that became my nightly routine for a long time well, after, after the kids went down yeah but uh about eight almost nine years ago i went to the doctor and um she told me that i was to get a physical she told me i was pre-hypertension pre-diabetic one foot in the grave and i was already getting some arthritis in my thumbs and you know just feeling lousy and i'm thinking is this what i've got to look forward to the rest of my life mm-hmm. at 50 years old and um and then i went to uh i got a a life insurance health exam and they kind of told me the same thing they wanted to rate me and uh and up, up the premium because you know, I didn't, I didn't have any health issues. I thought I was in perfect shape. I felt okay. Yeah. No health issues. Ne- never really been to the hospital for anything. And uh, knock on wood, you know. <laughs> right. right. But uh, um, I just decided that, you know, I have to do something to change this. And so it's really kind of my wife's fault, to be honest. Mm. She wanted a treadmill. And so uh, we bought a treadmill. And that is the winter of uh, 2014. And... I hated that damn thing. <laughs> and then she started going out and running when it got warmer in the spring. And honestly, I couldn't run down to the stop sign. You know, and, I, and back in, in my high school and, and motocross days, I could run five or six miles pretty easily. I was pretty fit. Mm-hmm. They always said motocross is the world's most uh, you know, toughest sport. 
And uh, I believed that for a long time until I got into triathlon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> D- different, different animal altogether. But, uh, I mean, yeah, in the beginning, I couldn't even run to the stop sign. And that was kind of the, the turning point for me. I decided I'm going to run a mile. It took me three weeks before I could ever run a solid mile. Wow. Yeah. And that, that's kind of normal for most people without stop. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. And then it took me another three months before I could run a 5K without stopping. And, you know, during this time, I'm trying to get my diet right. I'm eating correctly. I, we quit drinking. Beer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, haven't had a beer in over eight and a half years. Quit drinking totally. Wow. And uh, it's not like I was an alcoholic or anything. I, we just, you know, drink weekend. Right. Drink, you know, go, go to the restaurant, have a beer, go to have with friends, have a beer. Mm-hmm. That, all that stopped. And uh, those friendships stopped too. <laughs> they don't. They don't like running. And when I quit drinking, they quit hanging around. Well, they're so, tired of you uh, talking about running all the time. They're because yeah, you know it pretty, tends. Pretty well, it tends to you, running does become all encompassing, and the it more really you, does. the more yeah. you do it, and the better you get at it, and the longer you're able to go, and then you start going to group runs, and then you start meeting <laughs> some people, and then you hang out with runners, and then all of a sudden you find out all you do is talk about running. So your old friends that have no interest in it are like. Is he all he's going to talk about is running, running all the time? Geez. Oh, here comes running Ron. Ron's going to tell us about his, his his run that he did. Let's just we want to have a beer and oh, Ron's talking about his run. Mister well, yeah, Pitcher of Health, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. My very first five k was a color run. You know what that is? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I mean, we 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 were covered in this chalky, powdery crap. It was over at 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 and T Stadium where the Cowboys play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of our friends were doing it, and, and I, they said, oh, this is going to be great. I didn't know I was going to get covered in chalk, colored chalk, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I mean, it, it was a mess. Well, about six weeks later, I ran my second 5K, mm-hmm. and this time it was with uh, the Dallas Running Club. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a true story. I made a video about this. I got passed by a 10-year-old girl and a 70-year-old shirtless man in a cowboy hat. <laughs> He's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it became clear. <laughs> it became clear. Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing that would make that story better is if when the 70-year-old shirtless guy in the cowboy hat passed you, he'd said something like, giddy up, partner, or right. something. <laughs> yippee ki <laughs> Yeah. So I started running with DRC uh, on weekend group runs after that. And by that November of 2014, I ran my first half marathon. And, and I was pretty much hooked at that point mm-hmm. because you get around a bunch of people that enjoy running and they're your age. Yeah. It just kind of rubs off on you. You know, and a lot of those guys were already running Boston. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors, um, he was 74 at the time. And, and he was running faster than I was. I mean, the guy was awesome. He told me, he said, you need to go qualify for Boston run in Boston put it on your bucket list yeah and so that was that was sort of the first thing on my bucket list I did that by 2017 as my first Boston 2017 well let's so. go for a minute from barely running a color run you know mm-hmm. where you're you're getting covered in chalk and you're like what what is this and then getting passed by a seven-year-old girl and a seven-year-old yep. man at the local 5k how did you progress from that you do you did that half marathon but, but Boston's a big deal. And I know, Ron, a lot of people that will go through the process that you went through will start with the 5K, work their way up to the half marathon. They have dreams of Boston, but they look at those qualifying times and it's just, you have to be fast to get into Boston. You cannot be a four-hour marathoner and get into Boston. Wow. You know, even at my age, and I'm 44 years old, it's like 3.15, which is a really, that's a, quite an achievement. Pretty fast. Exactly. How did you go from being passed by a 70-year-old at a 5K, and he's wearing a cowboy hat, by the way, folks, no shirt, cowboy hat, let's bring that up, to qualifying for Boston? You know, running with DRC, the Dallas Running Club, was very crucial in those early months. Um, daily training, not not ever taking a day off. Mm-hmm. And believe me, between 2014 and, and that first Boston qualifier, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I was injured frequently. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of injuries, but I, I was I was bound and determined to qualify for Boston. But really, I think what benefited me the most was being young and, and racing motorcycles and working out. 
I had those fast twitch muscle fibers. They were just asleep and I had to <laughs> wake them up. <laughs> get up. And really, my the, the fitness came back. It really did pretty pretty quickly. Were there were there workouts that you found to be essential to your weekly running that you had? To, you found that you did these, you got better quicker. The long faster? run, the long run. Yeah, just the long. I talk about the long run a lot mm-hmm. in my videos. Long, slow running. Matter of fact, I did one of those videos last night. You know, it's just you have to run long and you have to run slow. When you do that, you're going to build endurance. You're going to build. Uh, your lactate threshold is going to lower. Even when you run slow, it lowers. It's, just, it's, it's interesting how it all works. But there, there's a science behind all of this. And if you follow the science, you know, it works. Yeah, because it really you, does the periodization. Yeah. yeah. I was watching that video because, again, you replaced the liver king. So all I see is Ron Dawson on my Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you were talking about how uh, another hater on Instagram was telling you you, you run too slow. And you were talking yeah. about a buddy of yours that runs 20 miles every Saturday. 20 and miles, every Sunday. And every Sunday. 20 miles every Saturday, 20 miles every Sunday. Yeah. He's a sub-three-hour marathoner. Yep. And his, his, his two long runs that he does are at an average of a 1030 pace. Exactly. Which... To, yeah. to get a sub, what's what's the what's the what's the the pace to get a under three hour marathon? It's like, like what? a six forty five, six fifty. Right. So this dude's running six forty five, six fifty for twenty six point mm-hmm. two miles, but he's doing his long runs basically four minutes a mile slower than that. Yep. Yep. It's it's amazing how it works, but you know it it builds up the mitochondria in in your your blood cells. It, you know, it, it lowers your lactate threshold. Now he's also doing some some interval training during the week, mm-hmm. but only you know two, three, four miles here and there. He's not doing a lot. But if you study a lot of Olympic runners, they do exactly the same thing. You know, they they're not running super fast all the time, and uh, you know it's it's part of the eighty twenty plan. You run eighty percent of your your runs very very slow, twenty percent fast. I think what gets in, and this is the perfect group of people to talk about this, men. Um, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is like ladies' night, the local bar. Only men have shown up. Um, but the biggest thing that gets in the way for that, Ron, do you think it's ego? Especially when you got the world of Strava and you've got all of that and, it, and you just want it. You're putting out your runs in the world. Do you think the biggest barrier for people actually heeding that advice and following that science and doing 80% of their runs slow is the ego nobody it's hard to run slow and i, I think i talked about that i i cannot run at a 10 30 pace believe me mm-hmm. i can do it for a few minutes i can't do it for three and a half hours it just it wears me out i i'm more of a an intermediate speed runner i'm running like nine minute miles that's my comfort zone but the people that run 10 30 miles now I've got another friend, Mark Wooten. He runs hundred miles. He's doing a hundred mile race this weekend in Colorado. Run, rabbit, run. Uh, it's the hair or something like that. Or yeah, is run, that what run, it is? Yeah, run, rabbit, yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing that. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the same way. He, he goes out and walks, walks and, and runs and walks and runs and runs. You know, nine thirty, ten minute miles. The same. The, but he's he's also a sub three hour marathoner. He's ran Boston seven times. I, these guys, I don't know how they do it. it it's a skill set I have not learned yet. I'll I think that. I think that's true in general. People, people by far and large, myself included, yeah. um, train too fast. Yeah, you don't exactly. You don't need to do that. And some some techniques you can do to to slow yourself, if you will, is you can run based on effort. Some people go by that. Some people go by a heart rate zone. You have to find what works for you to slow that pace down for training. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sensing another Ron video here. Oh. You can have that. Who, who did this song? Slow dancing, sway into the music. Was that, is that Eddie Rabbit? I don't know who that was, but you need to put that in the background and just be like, listen, y'all are running too darn fast. Yeah. Slow it down. 
And that, but you you just did a slowdown video, so save it for that. You know, yeah. you got to yeah. work work that in somewhere. What about what about speed work, Ron? What, what did your speed work look like as you progressed from half marathon, passed by a seventy year old shirtless man in a five k to qualifying for Boston? In the beginning, it was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm sense. not a speed demon. I'm not a speed demon. But you know, it's like anything else. The more you do it. The more frequently you do it, the better you get. Yep. You know, it's about training, recovery, training, recovery. And it, it's also about incremental daily gains. You know, they always say that one workout is 1% of your overall fitness. So if you do a lot of 1% workouts, it all adds up over, you know, 100 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100%. But, uh, you know, but really, um, it's just like tonight I ran eight miles. I ran one mile at a 730 pace. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of times I'll do, you know, three minutes at, uh, at marathon pace. Um, it, every, every workout's a little different. I follow a, tram, a, a plan through a, a, a training program called TriDot. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of TriDot or not. No. But I uh, follow, follow their plan for Ironman. I'm doing Ironman Arizona in November. And it just makes it easier to follow their plan. And their plan is, has everything periodized. And uh, it's based on your current fitness and a lot of different metrics, like 11,000 different data metrics that they all combobulate together to tell you what you should do today. <laughs> yeah. And so I follow their plan. A lot, a lot of pros use it, too. It's kind of interesting how it works. But So yeah. at some point, let's get into that. At some point, you're, you're running, you're running, you're running. You get in with a bad group of people, local running club. You know, now you're hooked. You get into Boston, you do your Boston thing. When did you decide that you needed a $10,000 bike in your life <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, and, a tiny, and, and a tiny pair of spandex shorts to wear in the pool? You know, just like I got passed by the 70-year-old man, I get passed by 70-year-old women, too, on bicycles. Mm-hmm. Not too many of them can beat me running anymore, but there's a lot of them that can beat me on a bike. And you go to these Ironman events, you get humbled really quickly. A lot of these people are ex-Olympians. They're ex, uh, you know, U.S. nationalists, whatever, on the national team. And uh, they're fast. And so over the years, you know, when I first started doing Ironman, I started with the 70.3s. It went to the full Ironman last year at uh, Ironman Tulsa, you just kind of decide if you're going to be in the game or not be in the game. And if you're going to be in the game, you better have a fast bicycle. Yeah. You know, road bikes don't cut it because, you know, the geometry is different. You know, imagine trying to ride 112 miles on a road bike and then go run 26 miles in a marathon. It's hard because, you know, you're upright. You may be in the drops on your road bike, but your leg and your, your your body positioning is different. When you're on a tri-bike, you're laid down, you're in arrow position, and the, the pressure that your legs and, and your feet put on the pedals is different. It's a lot less stress on a, on a road or on a tri-bike on your body than it would be on a road bike. Well, what is the benefit? So, you, that's, that's interesting. Then why doesn't everybody just ride a, a tri-bike then? Why do the guys that are like, what is the benefit of the, of a road bike like in the in the Tour de France or whatever? Why aren't they... Right, right. Okay, so you, you you can't go as fast. Well, the guys that are that are sitting upright are putting out major watts. That's what the the, the measurement of power is when, you, when you're pressing down the pedal. Mm-hmm. It's wattage. You know, for instance, you know, on a road bike, some of those Tour de France guys are pushing 400 watts on a regular basis, which on on a tri bike that's kind of hard to do. You know, you're probably pushing, you know, 275 to 350 for the pros. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing about half of that. <laughs> right, right. right. But well, uh, it's all about keeping your legs fresh for the run. That's sort of the point behind it. Take us back to that moment, though, because at some point, Ron, you know, you maybe gone to the bike store. Maybe you saw some online. At some point, you had a conversation with your wife about, honey, 
I want to drop some major some major coin on transportation. And no, I'm not talking about a convertible. I'm talking about a bicycle. How did that go down? <laughs> and, and she's probably saying, what, like a couple hundred dollars? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the new running shoes I bought this afternoon. You know, <laughs> how much did they cost? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying right. she has no idea. <laughs> Well, we'll not say. We're not going to go into the price. We're not going to ask Ron how much his news running shoes cost. His wife believes they were $30. We're not going to ask Ron how much his tri-bike cost because his wife believes he got it at a yard sale from somebody who tried it at one race who didn't like it. It just wasn't for them. And sold it for $50. Right. I'll tell you a funny story. A friend of mine uh, who who rides, he's not a triathlete. He rides road bikes. He bought a $10,000 Canyon a few years ago yeah. and hid it from his wife for three months. <laughs> wow. How do you hide a $10,000 bike from your wife? <laughs> Put a- he said he hid it. Closet, <laughs> attic, you know, car. <laughs> I'll tell you, those, any of these bikes are super expensive now. All I'm picturing yeah. is it's in the corner of a room with a sheet over it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's the treadmill. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. So well, think about it. You know, you know, unless you're into the sport, you don't realize how much a lot of this stuff costs. It's just a bicycle. It's true. Very. Yeah. I know a guy. You know David Gailey? Yes, He's got that fancy schmancy yes. carbon fiber bike with the with the uh, automatic gears changing and all that stuff. You don't even have to like push a button. You just push a little button and the gears change yeah. themselves. It's just the DI too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fantastic. But but what made you decide to do triathlons, Ron? When did marathons not become enough, or was it something where you saw it on TV and you were like, I need to give this a try now? Was it on a dare? I mean, you know. It was after my first Boston. Because I was injured, and I bought one of those uh, those special bicycles that looks like an elliptical, mm-hmm. called an elliptigo. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. I bought one of those, and I hated that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I rode it all summer after Boston, and I got I, I, I healed, and I got better, and I didn't lose much fitness, and I just in the the bike thing just kind of came natural, and so I went down to my local. Uh, play tri store which is a an iron man supporter mm-hmm. and uh and bought my first road bike in the summer of 2017 just to try to stay healthy and, and you know and be fit and lo and behold there was a triathlon two weeks after i bought it about five miles from me which was a sprint triathlon mm-hmm. in, uh, in rockwall texas and uh i decided to go give it a whirl just to see what i could do Almost drowned on the swim. I was going to say, how'd the swim go? Because I haven't heard any swim training. Yeah. I think I got passed by three 10-year-old girls. Right. (laughs) I go like a rock uh, in water, just straight to the bottom. The swimming's hard, Ron. I I did a a sprint-level triathlon years ago, and I remember a guy telling me, what freaked me out was a guy was telling me, he'd done a bunch of Ironmans, and he said, when, when you when you run into the start, when you all jump in the water together, there are going to be people that are going to grab you by the ankles and pull you underwater. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the most terrifying thing ever. And yeah. the swimming, like you think like you had a pool when you were a kid, like you, you played you, you played Marco Polo in the pool with your brothers as, as a kid. And that's about all the swim training you need. Swimming yeah. is hard. It's the hardest part yeah. of the whole thing. So what happened I needed a place to train to swim. Yeah. And so I joined my local Lifetime Fitness here in Garland and uh, and started going there and training and got involved with a bunch of guys that were already doing Ironmans. Mm-hmm. And it was just a natural fit. And that's how it all started. I, they were my mentors and I looked up to them. And, you know, one of them was already doing, they'd already done like 10 Ironmans at the time. And we there was a whole group and a whole club and, and I just fell into it naturally. And that's, that's where I got my first push into triathlon. And by the next year, I did my first 70.3, learned how to swim. Mm-hmm. The cycling really kind of came natural. The running came natural, which was sort of a benefit because, you know, if you can run, that's the, that's the hardest part, really, besides the swim. Yeah. You got to get through the swim. And really, when I, when I do, do a triathlon, I just try to get through the swim. I'm, I'm not a super Survive it, yeah. Right, right. I survived the Survive swim. the swim. I get to the run and I'm okay. Did you have to learn how to breathe 
in the strokes instead of just breaking it up because that's the hardest thing for people to do is like all of a sudden you just want to go <gasps> and then just continue your stroke and you see the people that do it that just the, the mouth just kind of comes out of the water and they take a breath and they can do it on each side you know it's funny I'm, I'm a graduate of YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> you can find anything you watch you can. on YouTube. I started watching videos about how to swim. And you watch enough videos, and it just you just kind of start doing what they're doing. Mm. It makes it easier. But then I did hire a swim coach that helped a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and then I learned how to swim. And, and uh, I'm still trying to learn how to swim. <laughs> that was six years ago. <laughs> That's the one thing that keeps me away from tries is, is to swim. I'm just not, I have no interest in swimming. None. You still want Zero. to wear the tiny bathing suit. Uh, I, I wouldn't bother me. <laughs> the old man Speedo. I just, I just don't, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of the water. I'm telling you what, you think your silver singles uh, profile right? dings a lot yeah. now. You get one of those just pictures imagine. on there, you'd just be imagine. dinging nonstop. It would be pretty crazy. Yeah. wouldn't be able to live with you. Your phone would be going right. off. You'd be like Ron's phone, just right. going off constantly. The disco in the bedroom. What the heck? <laughs> well, you know, the, be the best thing about Ironmans, most of them are wetsuit legal swims. And if you have a wetsuit on, number one, you're going to go about five to seven seconds faster per 100 yards. Really? But you're also, you're not going to drown. It's very buoyant. They're somewhat buoyant, yeah. Oh, yeah. so is that kind of, does that it really? Makes it so much easier, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I always look forward to the wetsuit legal swims. <laughs> so do you think, <laughs> we're mainly a, we're mainly a running a trail and ultra podcast, uh, uh -huh. Rob, but we, we step out of, out of bounds from time to time. Um, do you think you, your triathlon training made you a better runner? Absolutely. There, There's no question about that. And um, <clears throat> I've actually done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people um, that were triathletes. And if you do, actually, I did a video about this, too. Mm -hmm. If you look at the people that are on the podium at a lot of these marathons, the age groupers, they're triathletes. Huh. Because run, running alone is not enough to build super endurance. Unless you're doing like Paco, you're running 20 miles on Saturday, 20 miles on Sunday. You know, that's. That's a rarity. Most people don't want to do that. But if you can swim, you can bike, and you can run during the week, you're breaking it all up. You're you're creating this super endurance within your, your body, but you're also increasing your, your overall muscular strength. Because swimming takes a lot of strength. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I can Cycling takes a lot of strength. I believe it's it. Not just, running is just falling forward. <laughs> it's a control fall forward stumbling for some of us yeah. Yeah. yeah you know for for someone that may be intimidated by the word triathlon ron and maybe like oh, i don't I, I don't have the money for the bike i don't have the for the fancy bike and i don't have really the there is that yeah resources for the for the entry fees or whatever is there something that you would recommend for runners to grab that they could just use to not, you know, don't have to do a triathlon, but a piece of triathlon training that you think would benefit long distance runners? Indoor cycle training. Absolutely. Indoor cycle training is awesome. You know, it, it, number one, I don't like cycling on the roads. It's dangerous. It is, yeah. You know, um, but if you can, if you can add an, an extra two or three hours a week, indoors and cycle training number one it breaks the monotony of just running constantly it yes. takes the pressure off your knees and your joints but it builds endurance and you get into some long endurance uh rides say on saturday doing a four or five hour ride it's hard to do a four or five hour run every saturday right but we do that on a, on a bicycle and it builds super endurance it really does that is strength work mm -hmm. well, what, what do you what is your strength do you, how often are you doing strength work each day, each week? About, about twice a week, generally. Mm -hmm. But I stretch a lot. I do a lot of planks. I do a lot of clamshells, laying in front of the TV. But as far as lifting weights, about twice a week. Okay. I'm not trying to build muscle. Right. I'm just trying to get strong, you know. Um, do, do you, when you say indoor bike riding, do, do you do you mean like using a spin bike at the gym or do you do you actually put your bike into one of those, those things where you can – you just lock your bike in. I don't know what they're called. An indoor trainer. <laughs> Resistance you, trainer. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Is that what you mean? 
Yeah, I have a, what's called a Wahoo kicker. Yeah. And basically, you take you take your rear wheel off your road bike and you mount it to the kicker, and then you use an app. Uh, one of the most popular is called Zwift. Mm-hmm. Real popular with the cyclists. I use Trainer Road. But if you get onto a program and you're you're building what they call FTP, your functional threshold power, you, you build that over a period of days and weeks and months, you'll be surprised. It'll increase your running. You'll be a better overall runner. You'll be more fit. You'll be faster. Mm-hmm. But you still got to run. I know that to be true because for a while, this was a few years ago, I had a your basic Walmart I don't know, 18-speed bicycle is a piece of junk. But did whatever. it have the streamers on the side? It did. Okay. But anyways, it was... The banana seat? No. But my point is, I mean, you'd run. Yeah, you'd run, 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 run. Then I got this bicycle, and I was I had a coach at the time. He goes, well, what would you feel about doing a little cycle training in corporate? I'm like, I'm, I'm game for it. So he had me cycling just once a week, mm-hmm. but I noticed every week, because I ran... I rode a certain route and I got quicker and I got quicker and I got quicker. But the first few times I had done it, the first thing I noticed was like, why are my quads so sore? Holy hell. It's you use muscles that you don't use running a lot of times, but that could come in really handy on trail running. Yeah. Okay. If you're a a trail runner and you probably know this, walking is super effective. Oh yeah. Oh (laughs) yeah. We call it power hiking because it sounds more extreme. Yep. Yeah. It's money. Both um, running and cycling. Here's yeah. here's a real quick question. Why are people who ride motorcycles called bikers and people who ride bicycles called cyclists? Bicycle? No, but why do you call motorcycle riders bikers? Motorcycle? No, it's, there's... it's the bandana that they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what it is. We're gonna we're gonna roll yeah. with that, Ron. We're gonna absolutely roll with that. Have you ever thought of doing an ultra marathon, or have you done one already? I have no desire. See, it's like my I, swim. I no He's got no desire. It's only know, it's only five more me. miles. You could do you could do a fifty k, and it's only five more miles. Well, what I'm talking—the ultra marathon I'm talking about—is like a sixty mile or a hundred mile, hundred k, a hundred miler. Right. You know, um, it's just—it's too much walking. I'm more into the speed aspect of it. If I'm going to go out and, and, and run, I want to—I want to feel like I actually accomplished something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not not have to walk half of it. And uh, you know, almost every ultra marathoner I know—they're really good walkers. You got to be. <laughs> you got to be. And let's yeah. be honest, Ron, you're missing the big point here. They're really good eaters. Because They're good eaters. Yep, absolutely. Yep. You, you, can eat, <laughs> you can eat your entry fee in food right. at, at an the ultra aid station, marathon. Yeah. You can eat $200 worth of food along the course of an ultra marathon. I mean, the whole pack of bacon at this aid <laughs> right, station. Right, right. Right. Yeah. right, exactly. Where, you know, at the Boston Marathon you're going to get some sort of sports drink every three miles and there might be a mass produced goo, but there is not, no one's cooking you a grilled cheese on heartbreak Hill. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing I like to have pretty toenails. Uh, (laughs) Now we're getting down to the truth of the matter here. Okay. (laughs) It's all down to the toenails folks. Listen, that is the most Instagram influencer thing. Ron has said all night. You got to have nice toenails. Loves those, those pretty toenails. I love it. (laughs) Ron, my goodness. Let's talk about the modern world of fitness, the modern world of Instagram fitness and social media fitness. What are some of those things, those trends you see in the modern exercise triathlon running world that just makes you like shake your head and go, what in the hell is going on here? I see a lot of influencers that have a lot of followers Mm -hmm. on Instagram. They make it look way too easy. You know, they're not really telling you the truth Mm -hmm. about how much they work out or what they do. And one of the biggest beefs I have are with these so-called vegan athletes you show me a vegan that doesn't eat protein, meat, and, and things like that. <laughs> you know, Liver King is a perfect example. The guy that thrives on bull testicles. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he does. And uh, you know, but, but these vegan athletes, I mean, somebody that's seventy-five years old looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
they're they're consuming large amounts of protein they have to and they're not getting it through vegetables you but, know but they're, they're not are, telling the truth a lot of times but there are endurance athletes there are ultra endurance athletes and runners that are vegan that are vegan, harvey yeah. lewis is a great example of that and, yeah. and look at their body look at their body makeup look right. how they look they look like a skeleton right you know scott scott jurek is a great example mm-hmm. guy ran the appalachian trail set record time He's also one of the thinnest runners I've ever seen, probably thinner than some of those Ethiopian athletes. You know, you eat a lot of vegetables. You know, your 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 body's going to skeletonize a protein in your muscles at some point. And that's what happens. Look at all the – go go to YouTube and, and type in uh, vegan fails <laughs> and, and look at all the stories of people that tried veganism yeah. and fail. They got, they got, you know, malnourished, sometimes to the point they needed, uh, you know, clinical intervention. And, uh, you know, a great example of that is uh, one of the tra- top triathletes in the world. His name is Lionel Sanders. Mm-hmm. He tried being a vegan three years ago, went to Kona, got his butt whooped, you know, ended up, you know, in 2017, I think he got second. Well, then he went to being a vegan. He got 17th. And then he went, he went back to eating hamburgers. Right. After, <laughs> right after that race, he's like, where's Burger King? Give me that Big Mac. Burger here. But real exactly. quick. Exactly. Um, do you know the difference, Ron, between a vegetarian and a vegan? <laughs> I don't know. A vegetarian is someone who eats vegetables. A vegan is someone who tells everyone they eat vegetables. Right. Yeah, okay. So that, that's the yeah. difference. So you're basically yeah. saying like the bodybuilders, like vegan bodybuilders are, they're getting yeah. their, they may not be 100% honest about where they're getting their protein. They're, they're not being totally transparent about what they're doing. They're making it look way too easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're also not really telling you the truth about how much time they're spending in the gym, how much time they're doing all this. You know, a lot of these top athletes, they're not going to post their training on on Strava, right? Especially if they're a pro, because they don't want their competitors to find out right what they're doing. And so it, it's hard to know exactly what they're doing when they're doing it. That's why I post everything on Strava. If people want to follow me, see what I'm doing. You know, I post my 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 stretching, my yoga stretching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, they can they can they can see what my heart rate was when I'm stretching. You know, doing yeah. a clamshell or whatever yeah. or, or down dog. But uh, you know, um, yeah, that that's probably the biggest thing. And you know, and also people that uh, you see you see people that post images of themselves that are almost perfect. They're not photoshopped. Right. But they're 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 almost perfect. They're they're at a certain angle. The lighting is perfect. Take all that away, and you got me. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I don't use I don't use filters. You know, you see all my wrinkles. Sometimes you'll, I, I do it when I'm finishing a run. You'll see the sweat pouring down my face, and you know the lighting is not perfect. There's flies flying around my head. You know, I, I try to make it as real as I can. <laughs> the only difference you between kind of love that. Ron Dawson and yeah. Kylie Jenner is a filter. Right. That is the only That's it. That's difference. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't use any filters. Yeah. Let's Good talk. Lord. You brought it up. So let's talk diet for a second. You were talking earlier about how the health scare you had eight years ago. They're like, Ron, you're... You're 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 gonna be you'll be dead next year because you're in horrible shape and you, all of a sudden your your insurance company's like yeah we're gonna charge you more because you're gonna end up costing yeah. us more. You said you got your diet in check. What the, what does that look like? We know it's not just eating vegetables or telling people you're eating vegetables. What is a what is when you said you cleaned up your diet? What did that look like? You know, I never was a trashy food eater, but. Being a business owner, being on a tight schedule during the day, a lot of times I would eat whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to love Chick-fil-A. I don't eat Chick-fil-A anymore either. I think it's fast fast food. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really just not eating any processed food, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so many people, you know, they, they eat whatever. Um, vegetarians... They're going to eat anything made of vegetables. Well, it could be processed. If it's made of vegetables, they're going to eat it. Mm-hmm. That's not really a good diet. Right. Yeah, just because just it's cooked in coconut oil or, or olive oil doesn't mean that it's, it's healthy. Right. Go to Whole Foods and look at all the processed food on their shelves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not 100% healthy. So what I did is I cut out all the junk, all the crap out of my diet. Now, I still eat French fries. 
and I still eat tortilla chips and salsa. I mean, in Texas, you got to have chips and salsa. They kick you out, Ron. Yeah. If you stop yeah. eating chips and salsa, they say, gonna, you can move to Oklahoma. We're going to have to ask you to leave, leave here. here. Right. <laughs> but uh, I don't eat a lot of hamburgers. Um, I do eat steak occasionally. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot of seafood, a lot of salmon, tilapia, you know, cod, that kind of stuff. Uh, a, a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of grains too, but I've also uh, uh, recently started drinking cow's milk again, and I made a video about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was on almond milk for a long time. It just didn't do anything for me. I just felt like I was missing some of the dietary needs, mm-hmm. and started doing some research, and then I found out why I, I tend to have gastrointestinal upset sometimes after drinking almond milk. Mm-hmm. It's because it contains fillers and and carrageenan and things like that that are actually very distressing to your your digestive tract. Yeah. You know, people don't realize that almond milk is not really what they think it is. It's it's a drink. It's an almond drink. Right. 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 <laughs> Disguised as, as, as almond milk. Right. Or, just, you know, just think of those so, poor yeah. farmers, Ron, that have to milk those little almonds. I mean, imagine how hard that is. Imagine how Scott, I hurt your fingers. Have to milk those almonds all day long. So you can't. You don't. You don't eat hamburgers anymore. What about pizza? No, he eats burgers once in a while. I eat pizza. I do eat pizza. I don't eat pepperoni. You know, uh, salami. I I do eat a veggie pizza every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat a lot of fruit. I, I, I do a lot of protein powders. Organ is something I do. I eat a lot of organ. You know, it's, it's a, a vegan uh, protein powder. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably go back to Hoy at some point. I don't know. But really, I mean, to answer your question, I cut out all the junk, um, fried chicken, fried anything, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes. I, I don't eat a lot of mashed potatoes anymore either. Just whole foods. To give you an example, brown rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes, you know, whole potatoes, uh, chicken, you know, chicken breasts, uh, you know, broccoli, uh, kale, spinach, all that kind of stuff that they talk about that's good for you that most people hate. Well, I started eating it, and, and when I cut the sugar out of my diet, that was probably the biggest factor. I cut the granulated white sugar out of my diet. All of a sudden, my taste buds came to life. Fruit tasted good again. Yeah. Things things started tasting good again. But you know what's funny, Ron? Because I, I, I'm doing that. I've, I've cut out – I've tried to cut out as much as I can the refined sugar – in, in my diet, it is so hard to do because refined sugar is in everything. Exactly right. Yeah. It just, it's willpower. It's, it's the absolute willpower. But if you cut the white sugar out and just focus on whole foods, you'll be surprised how much energy you have. And that's probably one of the reasons I started running eight years ago was because when I cut I tried to lose weight first. I tried to do it through diet. Yeah. But what I found was that I had so much pent up energy, I couldn't just sit around and watch TV anymore. I had to go do something. And so I found myself, you know, working on the yard, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Well, that gets old real quick. Mm-hmm. You can only, you know, cut the shrub so many times. Right. 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, you know, I found that through through exercise, I found this. Um, I call it fountain of youth. Yeah, and, and really it is because it you know all the endorphins that get released you know it's just it's just amazing when you when you get your heart beat up to you know zone three zone four on a regular basis you'll be surprised how you feel most people hate doing that they hate to sweat right right yeah you know they don't want to sweat they, they don't they don't like breathing hard they don't like getting into that dark area you know where you're breathing hard and i made a video about that too about running a 5k that's actually i was inspired by one of my followers he said you know running a 5k he gets into that dark zone because it's just for you know 30 minutes he's just he's zoned out he, he wants to throw up he wants to die <laughs> no that's the truth. Yeah. people you know, you know 5ks people look at a 5k hardest like, race oh, there is whatever. But if you do a 5K right, you are miserable for the entire time that you're doing it. There is no coasting. There is no, oh, save a little bit for over here. If you're doing a 5K. Save it for the kick. Right. If you're doing a 5K. The whole thing's the kick. Right, exactly. You should be (laughs) miserable the entire time. Yep. So, yeah, just, you know, but yeah, you know, if you just follow some kind of a plan, nutrition, is, is key follow the plan 
you'll feel a lot better. My my, I use a Garmin watch mm-hmm. to, to, you know, for everything that I do, whether it's walking, running, stretching, cycling, it keeps t- track of everything that I do and, and post it to uh, Garmin Connect and also to Training Peaks. Yeah, I don't know if you, if you guys use Training Peaks or I've not. Heard it, yeah. But, but in Garmin, it gives you an overall fitness calculator. It tells you what your fitness age is. Mm-hmm. And I get a kick out of this because my fitness calculator tells me I run farther than 99% of the people in my age group. <laughs> I believe it. 99%, 99% farther than, than people that are on Garmin Connect. Yeah. I cycle farther than 99% of the people on Garmin Connect. And I have an over my VO2 max is that of, a, of an excellent 20 year old. Wow. That's not yeah. bad for a guy who's nearly 60. I'll be 60 in November. Yeah. And, and what's funny is that, you know, people will ask me how old I am and I'll tell them, and I say, really? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you find the energy to do what you do? It's through diet and daily exercise. It really is. I mean, that, that's the whole key. Is there moments though, Ron? Where you, I mean, you don't. I mean, I, I, you, I'm not asking you to make an Instagram video about this, but let's let's get yeah. real here. Um, is there moments for you where you're like, I just do not want to exercise today of all days? Every athlete goes through that. Mm-hmm. Even, even Olympians, that's that's a motivational thing. I mean, you go through ups and downs. The worst part is, you know, the the, the training cycle goes through periods of build. And then you go through like a recovery week. Mm-hmm. And generally, every third week is a recovery week. It drives me crazy because I feel like I'm losing fitness. I feel like I'm not doing enough. You know, you get grumpy. Right, <laughs> right. But, but, you know, but on, on top of that, a lot of times, you just don't feel like doing what you need to do. You know, um, fortunately for me tonight, it was only a, an hour, 10 minute run because I have a triathlon this weekend. Yeah. It's the PTO US Open here in Dallas. But last Wednesday, I ran two hours and 15 minutes doing that after work. Hell no, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's but you do it. You just you find the inner uh, energy to do it. And But generally what I find is that if I if I, I kind of trick myself into, into getting started, then I'll follow through. And generally, it's it's going from a period of of rest, maybe it's taking a nap before mm-hmm. I do it, you know, to getting that heart rate up within about five or 10 minutes, but not thinking, well, I'm gonna have to go run as fast as I can. It's maybe getting up and doing some, some lunges, maybe doing some jumping jacks, maybe walking for a half a mile, sometimes walking a mile and then going and running. Mm-hmm. And you kind of trick your body into, you getting back into that mode, you know, the exercise mode. That makes it a lot easier. But yeah, that's a, that's a daily thing for everybody. For me, it was always, you'd have those days, you know, you get home from work, and you're like, oh crap, I gotta run, I gotta get five miles in, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta mow the grass, blah, blah. But if you, I always found if you, once you get that step out the door, it's right. like you're automatically committed at that point. Right. It's like, and, yeah, I, I've, and you my, just go do it. I got my little shorts on. I, Otherwise, uh, you'll <laughs> procrastinate and sit on the couch and continue to drink coffee. I'll tell you what the worst part for me is, is when I go to the pool and have to swim. Sometimes I don't want to jump in the water. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get in. <laughs> you know, so you, you know we were, in, he's worried about his, his toenails. He's like, oh, I'll get my hair wet. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, don't want, <laughs> we know Ron loves his toenails. I don't get wet hair. <laughs> And, and the worst thing about going swimming is that, you know, trying to ease into the water, you know, because mm-hmm. the water slowly goes up your back. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, not good. I can't imagine that's good at all. Ron Dawson, go check him out. Find him on Instagram. His videos are great. They will inspire you every single morning or every single day to get out there and go run. Did you ever think, because you are Mr. Texas, Ron, you can hear it in your voice. The life you live, calling out <laughs> vegans, calling out yeah. vegans. You should be the governor of Texas. There um, you go. Did you ever think, as Texas as you are, that you would someday be doing yoga? Do you hide that from your Texas friends? Sometimes I get uh, razzed about it. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, at my age, if I don't do it, I, I get stiff. 
And I, I can feel it. If I, if I don't stretch at least two or three times a week, I can I can tell the difference. I can imagine, though, mm-hmm. a Texas intervention with your friends going like, hey, Ron, we heard rumors that you're doing yoga. Uh, we'd like to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> the, big, the biggest thing, though, is when I first put on uh, those tri shorts, the very first pair I had, they were skin tight. Uh-huh. And my wife looked at me and she said, are you really going to wear that outside? <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you, when your wife says that, what she's really yeah. saying is, You're not going out please like don't wear that outside. <laughs> and I told her, I said, yeah, I think about wearing my cowboy boots too. Right. <laughs> People of Walmart got nothing on run. Yeah. Well, I fit in personally at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, this has been an absolute joy to chat with you uh just just about your story again i love your videos uh, i get it. I, i'm so glad you've replaced the liver king <laughs> on my instagram feed this has been an absolute hoot thank you for taking the time and chatting with us on the adventure jogger absolutely i, I enjoyed it you guys are fun uh, can you can you can we go out i think it's only fair to go you have a catchphrase that you say at the end of every one of your videos can yeah. we go out with you doing the catchphrase as the last thing on the podcast. Can you send us out with your catchphrase? Get out there and run. Yeah, there it is. That's the money right there. Adventurejogger.com. There's back episodes. There's gear. Go check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.